0: Paul writing to the church at Corinth, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, on this, the day that you have made, let the words of my mouth and our thoughts, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Oh, let's talk about love for a little bit, brothers and sisters. You know, the section on love, we have it posted up in the house and We love to apply these verses, especially to our familial relations, correct? I mean, love is patient, love is kind. I mean, isn't it nice that he put patient first? Because, Lord, over the years, don't we need it? Last night, last night, uh, Karen, who is a little uh, worn out, went to this big social gathering called the military ball where her boyfriend (laughs) took her. And we knew it was going to be late Saturday night when we got back. So I had readjusted my schedule. And we got back at around 1 in the morning, this morning. And that was after sitting out in the car waiting on them for 15 minutes because Karen didn't turn around and say oh they're sitting there and Tristan didn't tell her we were all sitting there okay so no he he didn't know it either but it's fun this time of life isn't it um we got in late we were all tired and I can't remember the first thing I needed, but Lori had just laid down and said, oh, hon, could you uh, do the, uh, yeah, okay, thanks, uh, sorry to bother you. Then I went, uh, and you know I'm going to need some Advil, right? And she went, ah. <laughs> you know a noise can make a, a statement, right? I said, honey, I'm sorry. I know it's, it's okay. It's just, I'm sorry. I'm, it's late. I'm tired. It feels like I'm just getting to lay down and I get up twice. I'm, I'm just being a little impatient. You don't want to say that to the preacher. Because what did I say? Dear, love is patient. Oh. You ever had your spouse growl at you? And maybe you think I would be better off in the woods if I heard a growl like that than in this room right now hearing a growl like that. But it's all right. Uh, we made it through. Oh yeah, love is patient. Love is kind. And in our closest of relationships, we need these verses to help us navigate because sometimes, dear Lord, we need the rebinders. And each of us have our own thing we really need to work on on this list, don't we? Sometimes maybe we have more than one. But there's one thing that sometimes we miss that we need to make sure we notice today. These verses were originally written to a church. About their interactions with one another. Now, this church at Corinth, I don't have any pictures of Corinth, we'll just leave that up there. The Corinthian church was a blessed church. And they were making assumptions because they were blessed. And it might be the same kind of assumption that we make, not even realizing it. And let's start with the flip side of it and you'll see how it is very natural to us. Whenever times are tough, whenever something bad happens, whenever something goes wrong, are you not right at the outset thinking, oh Lord, what did I do to deserve this? Isn't that very natural for us? Some of us are even seriously considering, God, did I do something wrong? And for this reason, things are happening right now. Well, if that is a natural response, maybe we don't notice the flip side of it because the flip side would mean when we are feeling blessed, isn't it easy to make the assumption that God approves of all we are doing? The Corinthian church was blessed. As a matter of fact, in the introduction, Paul writes to them in every way, sort of condensing this down, in every way you've been enriched in him in speech, in knowledge of every kind, so you're not lacking in any spiritual gifts as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus. Now, I appeal to you by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you be in agreement and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. So Paul broke it all down and his argument if you want to call it that to this church is this you may be supremely gifted and thanks be to God that you are but the most I believe he called it in the King James the most excellent way is the way of love because all of the rest of these blessings are going to cease and that day of the Lord at the end these three remain can anybody say them faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love and these verses and this statement that Paul made who so many have some troubles with Paul this is the one section everybody says amen and amen because these verses show us what love looks like in Action And the Bible is big on love in action. It has that special Greek word agape, love, which means love that may not be especially tied to your emotions, but you choose to act in the loving manner. And trust me, those of you who are still looking forward to that marital bliss, okay, it's not all going to be bliss. No one's going to amen that because some of you are sitting next to them. But you know I'm right. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> your husband's not here. Uh, the, uh, it's not all going to be bliss. There are times whenever, oh, like 1.30 in the morning where your husband says, dear, love is patient. Teasing your spouse at 1.30 in the morning, never a good idea. Here's the thing. All of our relationships need work. They need effort. They need us at times not to respond. Let's use the old language. Not to respond out of the flesh, but out of the Spirit of God. Now, can I get an amen on that? Okay, so let's break it down. And it's a little dangerous in breaking it down to these characteristics because it's, it's kind of like, well, look at this flower. Isn't it beautiful? Now name all the parts. You sort of lose the beauty in looking at the individual pieces. But hopefully we can retain both. Love in action in the New Testament is this self-sacrificing commitment which shows itself in seeking the highest good for the one love. That is not a bad definition of that New Testament agape love. And if you want to look at the supreme example, look at Christ. That was amen. These verses are some of the most eloquent and profound words ever written on the subject. So let's go ahead and dive in or we'll be here talking all day and you'll be thinking, he was saying love is patient about that sermon, isn't he? Okay. Love is patient. Patience is the thing that is most interestingly put first because when I need patience the most is when I usually want it the least. Have you noticed that? Oh, whenever I'm not facing something that is driving me nuts, it's easy to say, yes, I need to be more patient. But whenever something is start driving me, I just want to get out of there. Okay, get it done. Let's get it over with. Let's get it through. Now, here's the thing. The Greek behind that word means long-tempered as opposed to short-tempered, okay? If you're patient... You do your best, intentionally sometimes, to be slow to anger, to not retaliate. You bear with another's imperfections, their faults and differences, and you give them time and room to change without coming down hard on them. And sometimes the hardest thing, and especially with patience, is Time. I want saw a cartoon. Don't take this personally. It's just occurred. In Christianity today, a preacher is like, I've been preaching on the transforming love and power of Jesus Christ for the past 15 years. How come y'all look like the same old bunch? (laughs) Ooh, no. Don't take that personally. We can say that in a lot of our relationships, can't we? It is hard to change for others and for ourselves. And when we see someone, oh, man, you did that again. It can be hard. The thing is, patience says to the other person, you are worth the wait. You are worth the wait. I see some um, communication going on there. That's the thing. Whenever someone's impatient with you, don't you feel just a little devalued because they don't care enough about me to see through this trying time or this thing that I'm doing. Patience says you're worth the wait. Love is also kind, which you could say is patience in action. The Greek word again is saying useful. It's a person who is disposed to be helpful. The the word is used Kind of, in the Greek, like a mellow wine, if you want to connect that to the new wine of the Holy Spirit, feel free. But the idea, it's suggestive of a person who is gentle, who can soothe feelings, calm the upset, who can who can help quietly in very practical ways. The kind person shows kindness in response to harshness. For instance, I remember someone who once prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And who taught us, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is it to you? For even sinners do the same. But love your enemies. Do good. Lend. Expect nothing in return. Your reward will be great in heaven. You will be sons and daughters of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And honestly, haven't you found that kindness, not harshness, motivates others toward positive change the best? Haven't you noticed that? How about this? Love is not envious, jealous, At base, the person who is envious wants what others have. In relationships, it tends to be, I want the spotlight on me. The spotlight doesn't always have to be on me, on you. As a matter of fact, one of the great joys in life is seeing someone that you care about finally being recognized for the gift that they are that counts it all joy. Love is not boastful or arrogant. If jealousy is wanting what someone else has, bragging is trying to make others jealous of what we have. Jealousy puts others down. Bragging builds us up. John MacArthur. (laughs) Good quote. Good quote, you know. Love isn't trying to build myself up. It is trying to to support and build up the person that I love. Because at base, instead of saying love is not boastful or, or arrogant, Paul could have said love is humble. And the humble, loving person is aware that everything they have, everything they have, is a gift from God. Not something that they, oh, I deserve that. Oh, dear Lord, we are in such a culture that for how many years... Has it bothered me? You deserve, you deserve, you deserve. Isn't I deserve the enemy of I am grateful for? Hmm. Love is not rude. Love does not needlessly offend. It is courteous, polite, sensitive to the feelings of others and try to, tries to use tact. And that's not all of our strengths, not always. preacher story I once heard of. The man who made a point, even when others criticized him, of not ever opening the door for his wife. I don't care what the current modern thinking is, guys, it doesn't really hurt, okay? His statement made it worse. She's got two arms. Trouble is she, well, that went on for their entire married life. She passed away And at the end of the service, as they were bringing the casket out, the minister looked over and said, Brother, could you open the back door to the hearse? Wow. And it all came crashing down. The reason we are courteous is that we are thinking of others, not just ourselves. Love does not insist on, wait for it, getting its own way. It doesn't demand its rights. British evangelist Alan Redpath, and yes, I I did some looking up of different quotes on these. The secret of every discord in Christian homes, communities, and churches is that we seek our own way and our own glory. Well, that's the problem of the human race. But we serve a God whose Son came not to be served but to be the servant and gave his life as a ransom for many. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't insist on retaining his rights? He would have stayed in heaven and <laughs> we wouldn't have made it there. Okay, are you all ready for this one? Love, <clears throat> that sound you heard is my toes going crunch. Love is not irritable even late at night, even after the hard day at work, oh my goodness, even after all of the things that we put up with during the day and at the end of the day, we've held it in and held it in and held it in. So when we're in a safe space, maybe with our spouse or our kids or our close friends. In other words, those people you know are going to love you. They get the blessing of your pin-up frustrations. But love is not irritable. The Phillips translation, the paraphrase, love is not touchy. It's not hair trigger. Don't you love being around a person, he says facetiously, Who it always feels you're walking on eggshells around? Easily offended. One little thing doesn't go their way, and boom. And if you uh, ever confront them about it, They say, well, okay, I have a bad temper, but I get it all out and it's over with. It's done. It's it's just out there and I don't hold it in. It's, It's good. You just get it out there and it's done. Well, so, you know, is a bomb when it's dropped from a plane. It's out there and it's done. But that doesn't mean the fallout's not going to continue for a while. There are cases where... You are angry because of your love for another person and an injustice being done upon them. But most often, anger makes it more difficult to be loving, not easier. And love is not resentful. As I understand it, that's sort of an accounting word, the Greek underneath it. Basically, it's the same thing that's used whenever Paul's saying that God does not keep our guilt on our accounts, but he instead gives us the righteousness of Christ. In other words, it doesn't keep a tally of what you've done wrong. It doesn't build a list of grievances. That can be hard to do. And it doesn't try to gain the upper hand by reminding the other person of past wrongs, because love forgives. One married man said to his friend, you know, Every time my wife and I get into a conflict, she gets historical. (laughs) You mean hysterical? No, I mean historical. She goes over everything I've ever done wrong in the whole history of our marriage. Don't do that. In whatever relationship. Don't do that. Let's, how many young couples have I told this to? Young couples, old couples, middle of the road couples. Oh, everyone. Don't put the grievances back into a little case and then break the lock on and haul them all out just for the current argument. Very destructive for the relationship, okay? All right. <laughs> so in other words, when you're upset... Try not to get historical. I'm going to use that a while now. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Sometimes, you know, I have a hard time understanding that. What could Paul be meaning? Um, Moffat, Philip Moffat, his translation puts it this way. Love is never glad when others go wrong. And he doesn't put this, but I'll add it. Even the person you're not exactly fond of in this world. To rejoice in the truth means to be glad about behavior that is in accordance with what God says, this is life, this is how it's to be lived, this is how to live a life full of grace. If someone you don't like falls into some kind of misbehavior, sin, legal problems, the response of the Christian is not to say, I knew it all along. That is not the Christian thing to do. Because honestly, God, if we're supposed to be reflecting His Son Christ, God does know it all along, and He's the one who forgives us. Can we do less? You don't gloat, you grieve. And you pray for restoration. Now, it doesn't say that love ignores the faults, the failures... But love encourages even the smallest signs of growth and reinforces those. Love bears all things. Doesn't broadcast the problems of others. (laughs) We're into James gossiping territory here, aren't we? Well, you know what I heard. That's not love. Love doesn't run down others with sarcasm with put down. Love defends the character of the other person as much as possible within the limits of truth. You remember an old, old saying, if you don't have something nice to say, say nothing at all. There's a lot of practical wisdom that was derived from scripture, shortened down to be memorable and imparted to us for generations that we need to pass on. Love doesn't Lie about a weakness, but neither will it deliberately expose and emphasize that weakness. Love believes all things. The NIV translates love always trusts. It doesn't mean gullibility. It does mean that you don't automatically jump to the worst possible interpretation. Even if you're offended and dear lord we live in the age of giving and taking offense don't we you can't be on the internet in a chat room for two minutes without somebody telling you that you're the worst thing in this world so i do not recommend being in an internet chat room if trust has been broken it needs to be earned again but love believes the other person is innocent wow what a concept until proven guilty. In other words, you believe the best until you're proven wrong. And then you hope for the best and trust that it can happen. And that brings us to this. Love hopes all things. It is not pessimistic. It does not expect the loved one to fail, but to succeed. And it refuses to even take failure as final. Love says, I know you can do it because God in you is able. It rests on the promises of God that He is working all things together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Love endures all things. We're in the home stretch, guys. The word endures, this kind of military word meaning to sustain during the assault of an enemy. The idea of holding up under trial, of perseverance in spite of difficulties. It means love hangs in there. And it's not just passive or stoic. It is a positive spirit that sticks out. (coughs) Pardon me. Love endures. That is very hard to keep at the forefront, isn't it? In a culture of disposability, where we are told that all of the products we buy, all of the relationships we have, can always be traded in, can always be traded in on something else. Love never ends, love never fails. I think that is my best, most favored translation. Love never fails because it is not dependent upon the behavior of the other, but upon our being transformed into the likeness of Christ. His love never failed. Guess what? When you were at your very worst, His love never failed. And aren't those who are your best, most trusted, most thank God for friends... On this earth, aren't they the ones that even when they saw you at your worst, their love never failed? It is that Father, forgive them kind of love. Now, we're at the end. We're at the finish line. Or is it the starting line? we are all got to go home. we all got to go to work. Some of us got to go to school. Humorous Sam Levinson, quote unquote... This is for all you lovebirds out there. (coughs) Pardon me. Love at first sight is easy to understand. It's when two people have been looking at each other for years, it becomes a miracle. (laughs) That's not necessarily just marriage either, okay? Okay. Well, it's not really a miracle unless you count it as the miracle of God's love being shown through us and fallible, flawed, broken human beings being able somehow to be changed, to be transformed, to have the kind of love that Paul, who had a temper, is describing in this passage. It's the result of intentionally yielding our character to God repeatedly confronting our selfishness and, yes, our pain. I mean, sometimes the worst things that I know that I have done have not been because I was being selfish, it was because I was hurt. And instead of acting out of God's grace, I acted out of my pain. Think about that. I think you might find the same is true for you. So maybe it is a miracle of being able to live out... The Agape Jesus Christ, God in Heaven, kind of love in our homes and our friendships and our churches, and you know we could probably all do better, so here is the challenge of the week. <laughs> now, on that list, or for the choir, on that list, there's probably something that you went eh, I'm okay on that. Uh, that one, that's kind of difficult for me. All right. I do encourage you (laughs) to put that somewhere. To have reminders, I mean the one that stepped on your toes the most, that's the first one to start praying about, to start working on, to start investigating, dig down in the scriptures, dig down into your soul to see what's motivating your behavior. If you have a problem with patience, I want you to go home today and write, Love is Patience somewhere, where you can see it, where you will be reminded of it. And go into your Word, into the Scripture, you can open it. On days other than Sunday, it's an amazing thing. And honestly, that's facetious. But a few hundred years ago, you couldn't do that. We should be so grateful. Go through, look up what God says about patience or kindness, humility, Find that thing that is the greatest challenge to you and dive deep into the Word on it this week. That can sometimes be difficult to do. But the payoff is so worth it. Dear Lord, we pray this day that our love and our lives be beacons of how You can love through us to one another, to spouses, to friends, to family, to co-workers. Lord, let it be that in the ways that we are weak, that you through us are strong. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.